Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Sexual well-being enhances our mood, our relationships, and our health. Rahi Chun joins me to discuss somatic sexual wellness and how important it is in our lives. We also get into some fun discussions that I am sure you will enjoy. This episode is juicy, rich, and insightful. Whether you want a better sex life, whether you want a stronger connection to your body, or whether you have some trauma that you're looking to better understand or to clear and know some steps forward. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited to have Rahi Chun on today's episode of The Pleasure Path. Rahi is the founder of Somatic Sexual Wholeness, and he's going to share a lot of wonderful information and experiences with us today. So, Rahi, welcome, and would you mind introducing yourself? Well, sure. Thanks. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah. Um, so, Somatic Sexual Wholeness, it is a uh, uh, intentionally sequenced series of modalities that addresses our whole sexual being from the early attachment deficits of how we intimate with ourselves and others and ways in which our nervous system uh, um, can be re-regulated. Um, and we start there and then continue on to exploring our adolescence and reclaiming our voice choice with our boundaries and consent um, before addressing our adult sexual issues uh, and holding a sacred space for how our organic pleasure and organic sexual energies want to be experienced and explored and expressed. Um, so it's a series of different modalities, including um, something called neuroaffective touch, which addresses early attachment deficits in the nervous system. Um, I use a lot of Betty Martin's Wheel of Consent for reclaiming the voice of our adolescent phase. And I'm also a state certified uh, somatic sex educator, sexological body worker. Um, and I combine that with um, practices from the Gaia method, uh, which involve internal throat and genital dearmoring, uh, as well as scar tissue remediation in addressing any obstacles that are in the pelvic bowl. So it is a very holistic mind, body, spirit, um, uh, synergized approach to addressing the whole being. Thank you, Rahi, so much for sharing. I love the breath and your attunement. And why would someone even want to connect more deeply to their body and to their body? Uh, sure. Um, you know, for me, um, I feel like it's all about holding space for how our life force wants to emerge organically. And so you know, when, when there is fear, when there are um, reasons to feel guarded or protect our bodies, there's a contraction that happens within the body that prevents sensation and feeling from flowing organically there, whether it's in our genitalia or in our heart space or in our throat space. And so um, really embodying all of who we are allows for that life force to really be fully alive and that's why we're here is to be fully alive mm, i love that it brings a smile to 
to my face, just hearing that and mm. sensing that sense of aliveness. And can you share a few different examples of types of clients who've come to you, maybe what they were hoping to receive or, or what was going on with them in their current or previous history? Sure. Um, yeah, there's so many, um, examples I can share. Um, I'll start with this, with kind of one that I see a lot, which is, uh, a woman who is, um, probably in her early forties and, uh, essentially what I see a lot of Violet is when we're very, very young, oftentimes there can be a wiring or an association between our sexual arousal and pleasure with uh, an experience or emotion that may not be healthy for us. So here was a client who um, grew up with a nanny figure who she loved like a mother, but this nanny figure would um, be really dominating and physically abusive. So she had paired uh, sexual arousal with being dominated. So as an adult, she would need to go into fantasy about being submissive in order to orgasm. Now she came to me, she's been in a loving relationship for years, and she wanted to be present with her lover and not have to go into fantasy um, in order to climax. So that kind of wiring and the ability or the, the desire to rewire, um, I mean, it really runs the gamut. Uh, it, it can run from like something like... Um, uh, I mean, if we've had a, a parent who was physically abusive, um, you know, eventually we'll see these patterns emerge where we're drawn for some illogical, seemingly illogical reason to abusive types of dynamics. Uh, and when that's paired with sexuality, um, then it can show up in our sexuality and our sexual intimacy. Um, it can be as innocent as I had a client who, um, in order to orgasm, she had to fantasize about getting math, math problems correct at a chalkboard. And sure enough, when wow. she was, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, these things, these wirings happen and it turns out as a child, so it is, it's fascinating. It, I mean, it, it endlessly fascinates me. So with her as a child, the only attention she got from her father is when she did well in math. And this is, this is how these wirings happen. Um, you know, on, on a, um, on a more challenging uh, end of the spectrum, I have clients who've been violated by family members when they were a child. And oftentimes, as a child, the, the innocence of a child is wanting the attention from a family member. And when that pairing between sexual arousal, which is chemical uh, in the body, um, gets, gets associated with something like shame, um, as an adult, they can end up uh, engaging in sexual behavior that is shameful and not understanding it and then feeling like a monster, feeling really dirty afterwards. So um, th that's kind of a big kind of realm of issues, which is wiring and the, and the healthy rewiring. Um, and then I have clients who, honestly, there's such a lack of sexual education in our society, and especially a schizophrenic um, messages in our culture where, you know, in media and advertising, sexuality is shoved in our face, yet it's, it's still quite a puritanical culture we grow up in where there's no healthy discussion about our, you know, how our bodies work and, and what, what, how healthy pleasure is in our bodies. So I have a lot of clients who've been in long-term relationships or marriages where they just feel like they're limited. They're stuck in patterns. You know, they've heard about 
full body orgasms or uh, ejaculation, female ejaculation, or men have heard about uh, prostate uh, orgasm and and they're curious and they want to they, they want to deepen their own intimacy with their own sexuality. Um, and then again, I have clients on the other extreme where, you know, I have a, a gentleman who's a client who is a sex and meth addict. So he can only uh, have sex with essentially strangers who he doesn't know in a humiliating uh, type of scenario. So again, we go back to the childhood and examine where this initial imprint or blueprint uh, in the body um, occurred. Um, so it's a pretty wide range. Um, you know, within that mix is certainly a lot of trauma because um, it's part of it's part of our society. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about how trauma gets lodged in our nervous system and how it shows up, how it can get triggered. Um, and because there's such a lack of understanding, people don't know why they're responding in certain ways when they're with a, you know, their lover who they really adore. Why are they freezing in the ways that they do? So, um, exactly. Yeah. It's a wide spectrum. Yeah, I know. It is. And I love that. I think it's fascinating the way those things get wired and, and also the normalization of many of us have these things that come up related to intimacy and related to connection. And I know for myself, a lot of my triggers, they were very specific and, and they involve a different part of the brain, almost a different part of the nervous system than just my regular loving, you know, self and personality. Yeah. So I think it's really important, this work that you do and also people realizing, okay, this is just trigger. It's just trapped energy in my nervous system. I can skillfully, you know, heal and address this with the support of, of someone who's an expert in this area. Mm, yeah. Can you tell a little bit more about TRE and neuroaffective touch, those two at least to start? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, when our society talks about trauma, they, they, our society is largely referring to um, shock or event trauma. So that would be an occurrence like an accident or a, a rape, a violation, a surger, surgery is considered traumatic for the body um, because it is being cut into. Um, so that, that realm of shock and event trauma, um, there have been a, a whole range of modalities that have uh, evolved to address the, the safe release of that from the body. Um, uh, a gentleman named Peter Levine, who's created a body of work called Somatic Experiencing, is well known in the somatic yeah. world um, to address that in the books. body. Yeah, his books are fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, TRE falls within the realm of how to resolve shock or event trauma from the body. It's, uh, it stands for trauma release exercises. And all it's doing through a series of seven exercises is turning on what's called the organic tremor mechanism in the body to release stored anxiety and tension in the nervous system from past traumas. Um, uh, and what I love is David, Dr. Ber Dr. David Berselli, who developed TRE, developed it so that it's a self-empowerment tool. So after several um, facilitated sessions, clients can go home and, and practice it on their own. Um, neuroaffective touch uh, was designed to affect the other traumas, namely developmental or relational trauma. So developmental trauma isn't like one event, like one shock to the system. It's really, it, it occurs when we're growing up in an environment that's unsafe. So if a client has a, um, a, a if there's a alcoholism in the, in the family or like someone who's raging, 
it's going to affect a child's nervous system where it needs to be on guard so it doesn't get into trouble. And, and that develops a, a hypervigilance within the nervous system. So it's going to affect the nervous system in a way where there are chronic guarding patterns that start to develop in the body unconsciously. Um, and then relational trauma is even a, a different set where, you know, I could have two loving parents who are, are, are not violent, but they are not emotionally attuned to what my emotional needs are. So I grew up in a home. Uh, I'm using myself as, a, as an example. So if I grew up in a home where that was the case, then um, there are different sets of guarding that happens in my body to protect uh, me from not having my emotions met. So neuroaffective touch um, was developed to address developmental and relational trauma. It's based on Dr. Aileen Lapierre's work. She is the co-author of one of my favorite books called Healing Developmental Trauma. Um, and it is a really wonderful synergy of both um, listening for how the body wants to be supported and giving the body a voice whilst uh, having a cognitive understanding of how these chronic guarding patterns uh, got instilled in the body and holding a safe space for the emotional release of those, of those guarding patterns. That is just so important. I mean, I've enjoyed the TRE and neuroaffective touch sessions with you. So I know firsthand, mm. but then also just my work with my own clients and seeing how many of us in small or big ways have experienced a lack of getting our needs met. And, you know, there's mm. no shame around that. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily had bad parenting. It's just people craving deeper and deeper connections with themselves and their bodies and their partners. And this is, you know, this is a gateway into that. Absolutely. And I, I love what you, I, you know, I, I feel like um, what I would love to do if I had like one wish on, on our human society, it would be the human humanization of trauma and um, sexual, sexual issues. Because everyone thinking that they're the only one or that it's somehow shameful, um, they're keeping it a secret. And so it stays in this darkness where it affects so just really all aspects of our lives without us realizing it or being conscious of it. And if we were just to acknowledge that trauma is part of the human journey, um, how we learned about sexuality is how we learned about it. And it's human. There's no, sh there, it doesn't, there's no shame around it. And that's not to say that what happened was normal at all, but it is part of the human experience. However, we learned it and to, um, be able to discuss it openly really discharges any sense of unconscious shame that is being held in the body. Yes, I'm so glad you gave voice to that. And I want to just briefly give an example from my own, you know, personal mm. history. I was dating a man in my late 20s who I would get triggered, but I didn't actually know what was happening. So I would just start to push him away or I would really sh shut down sexually. And of course, understand what's happening either and he took it personally and he would you know kind of yell at me like what's wrong with you why don't you like sex what's happening and then we both came up really frozen you know it ended up ruining our relationship and so if I had had the tools and skills that I have now back then I could 
said, can his eyes know, hey, something's coming for me. Can we take a few breaths together? Can we get, um, you know, connected again? Uh, can I have a moment to do a little bit of TRE or can you hold me a specific way? Like the, tr- the trigger itself is not the problem. It's how we're relating to it. And then the shame that's caused by that. And mm. every time I say, what's wrong with you, then of course that would bring up my story that there's something wrong with me. So then with right. a future partner, I would feel the need to perform or to prove there was nothing wrong for me. So then I put all the emphasis on the other person and it perpetuated the so that when we had finally been connected for long enough and my stuff was coming up, it, it just re-triggered the same thing. So luckily I got out like that's just a little example of how mm-hmm. it can bring up the shame or the story that there's something wrong with me. And then we take that to the next partner and then it just, you know, it gets worse mm-hmm. and worse. Yeah. You're bringing up so, so many points. Um, you know, because there is a lack of awareness of how trauma gets embedded in our nervous system and how it, it gets triggered. I mean, it could be, and you know, on top of that, you know, I have a lot of clients who, uh, had buried their memories of being traumatized and it, it don't, it's only come to light when they were in a safe and in, in enough relationship uh, or environment where there was, an, there was enough resourcing for those um, traumas to come up to be healed. But a lot of folks are, you know, have either blacked out a lot for trauma in the body for a lot of people can even be pre-verbal, um, you know, when they're infants. And, and Mm -hmm. if there was emotional or physical neglect. So, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 you know, if someone is being violated and their physical safety is at risk, uh, in a rape situation, they're going to check out and do whatever their body needs to do to survive that situation. And oftentimes it could be just putting all their focus on the wallpaper. And so, you know, if the wallpaper had birds on it, for, as a crazy example, you know, their new boyfriend might have wallpaper with birds on it, and they have no idea why their body's freezing. So like you said, you know, if they've been wronged in the past, they don't want to be wronged again. So I have clients who've shared with me, their body will have frozen and their partner will not even realize it because they're too afraid mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to make it appear as if they're broken or something's wrong with their sexuality. And again, I really wish we could humanize the fact that, you know, uh, nothing's broken. Everyone's at a different place in the spectrum of, of their sexual self-awareness and their sexual healing, really. I mean, I feel like if, if you grew up in a culture like ours, there's going to be sexual healing opportunities. I mean, that's just plain and simple. So, you know, I love how you said that sexual healing opportunities. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the ideal that we see in the movies, you know, is just not real. That's why it's in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do just want to say on the other side of this, that if a trigger is coming up to Rahi's point, it's that you have the safety and the resources to heal it and to deal with it. So it's coming up because you're ready to, to process it. And once you do process it, you know, there's so much more pleasure and connection and joy and variety on the other side of that. Yeah. I, I got to say, I mean, when two people are conscious and have an awareness around their own triggers um, the relationship can be such a potent, potent, um, uh, I don't know what, I can't find the right word. It's like a sanctuary for, for 
deep, deep he- healing uh, that uh, out of which comes such a deep, deep intimacy and trust. Hmm. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, so Rahi, keep going, please. Well, just and to your point earlier, you know, you mentioned this, the example of when you're in your in your late twenties. Um, I see that happen too, where you know, one one partner's trigger comes up, and then it 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 you know triggers the other person, and they're kind of like they're they're just ping ponging their 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 wounds, and um, you know, without that awareness, um, it can be very, very frustrating. And it, you know, it's, it's really hard. Um, so, so yeah, I, 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 I think, you know, the more embodied we are, the more we make peace with ourselves, the more we allow those emotions, um, uh, to be honored and to be felt, you know, the more that, that, that those past wounds will start to unravel. Yes. And I'm actually feeling protective of anyone, you know, who's listening that we might just want to take a few breaths. We've, we've talked about a lot already in just the first Mm. little bit. Um, so if people are listening to this and driving or just at home, um, maybe you can join us in just slowing down the breath for a few breaths, because if you are listening and something is coming up, I want you to stay attuned to yourself and and taking good care of yourself. Hmm. You know, I love what you just did. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really one of the keys to somatic healing, um, which is a a term that Peter Levine, uh, is, is, has coined called titration or pendulation. Um, it simply means when, well, when we're working with resolving trauma, we want to, uh, we don't want to overwhelm the system that's already been overwhelmed and is, is feeling protective. So we want to move into areas that feel resourced or good and then come back and, and take another bite out of resolving uh, past wounds and then come back to what feels good. So um, just what you did inviting a pause, a deep breath, inviting uh, listeners to feel what good, feel into your body and feel into what feels good, um, gives that nervous system and a body a sense of, okay, I can handle this. I'm okay, because I've, I'm, I'm supported. So to, 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 to feel back into the parts of our body and parts of our lives where we feel supported, um, so that it doesn't feel like just a constant uphill battle. Mm, thank you for explaining that. And also the reminder that we're feeling it now because it's safe enough, of, enough to feel it and we can yes. handle it. I think you said something about we can handle it because mm-hmm. when we have these traumas, whether they're suppressed memories or not, it just means it's an experience that the nervous system could not hold that amount of charge. And so it's, it's holding mm-hmm. onto the charge. It's trapping the charge. But when we can hold it as it's coming up and pendulate and titrate, like you've been saying, then it's amazing how quickly it does pass. So I think I just want to keep reiterating, like if, if someone is scared about what's kind of underneath there um, to know that there's lots of resources and that it doesn't have to take forever. It just takes really deep attunement and listening to yourself and a container of safety, whether that's with a professional or with your partner, who's also agreeing to stay really um, in a place of holding space for you. Yeah. Yeah. And in that way, honestly, it can, it mean the journey can be a really a journey of joy. Because you are 
feeling more and more of that safety and support and resource in your body and in your life. So it becomes a journey of like expanding what's good rather than feeling overwhelmed with, with what's dark or shadowy. Yes. And that's what I'm all about on, you know, on the pleasure mm -hmm. path is it's of course sexual pleasure. And we'll have future episodes about, you know, more in depth on orgasm and all of those things, but it's mm. really just choosing to focus on what feels good in the moment, building that resiliency. So then you can hold space with what's not feeling good. And even sometimes the holding space for what's not feeling good can actually be deeply fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's full of surprises. And I, you know, I got to say, I mean, th things can turn on a dime. I mean, that's, that's what always fascinates me when I, when I watch clients in their journeys. Um, I'm thinking of a, of a 66 year old client who, um, uh, had pain, pain and numbness, uh, intravaginally, uh, on around her vulva pretty much her whole life from, from episodes of incest when she was a child. And it was like maybe our fourth or fifth session where it just turned and, um, things like that happen. I mean, the, the, there's, there's something about when the body recognizes its organic nature. Um, I mean, I'm a firm believer that, you know, when a, a safe enough container is held, the body knows how to heal itself. And I think when the body kind of sees yes. itself, feels itself, recognizes its, its own life force, um, something shifts and it recognizes that the holding pattern, this wounding is not its organic nature and it can just turn like that. So, um, so yeah, yes to pleasure, pleasure, you know, pleasure. I, it's just, it's one of the most healing forces, it, 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 you know, in nature. I mean, it is so enormously healing and, um, yeah, I, you know, if people just focus on their pleasure, their, the, the, it, it will uh, release whatever is being contracted in their bodies. And, you know, the more awareness with which that pleasure is facilitated um, and the safety that's held for it. Um, yeah, what a tremendous journey. It's, it's remarkable, the healing that can happen. Right. I would love for you to explain, if you're open to it, your analogy of the fruit tree. I just want to make sure that we get that into uh, our sure. time together today. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, and the work that I do, I find that it's really uh, like it's simple to explain it with this analogy of the fruit tree and an organic fruit tree. So I feel like in our society, if you imagine an organic fruit tree, um, bearing beautiful fruit, I feel like our society really fixates on the fruit, which I, I see as representing our genitalia. So people, you know, all the Cosmo articles and this and that, they focus on the size and the juiciness and, and you know, the looks of it, really. When I feel like the branches that give the fruit its energy um, is, is, really, is really vital, whether, whether the branches of that tree are contracted, whether the energy is flowing freely, whether the nutrients are flowing freely to give the, the fruit its juiciness. And then what gives the branches the freedom to really flow freely is the safety of the trunk. And this, I feel like, I, I, I don't see a lot of it covered where it's so vital for a body and a body's nervous system to feel safe in order for our life force energy to flow into the branches and into the fruit as, as 
you know, in the ways that it organically wants. And then I see the roots of the tree as really our nervous system. So whether they're contracted, whether they're dysregulated, or whether they're responsive. Um, and then what nourishes a healthy nervous system is really the soil. And I consider the soil our environment. So what are the messages that you grew up with around your own embodiment and sexuality? I mean, it's, it can be wildly different based on religious culture, um, uh, just how conservative, you know, it was around and what your parents exemplified for you around touch, affection, sexuality, you know, and I, you know, I see a lot of clients where there's as much that uh, there's as much potent a message that's sent when it's not discussed, um, as it is in the way it's discussed. So I feel like there's so much focus on the fruit and I feel like it, the, all these other areas, the branches, the trunk, the roots of the soil are just as vital and important. And I actually work a lot with clients, uh, just in the nervous system. And sure enough, they will see the result in the changes of, of how they, they feel their fruit. Mm. I love that. Thank you for that analogy. I think it's really important that we remember the whole ecosystem, you know, yes. that's, yes. that's creating this. And then in the last, you know, I don't know, five, 10 minutes, I'm sure we talk about this forever, but do you want to share some of the uh, modalities that you've been exploring more of like the vaginal steaming and uh, sure. the blood uh, chi that you were talking about earlier? Sure, sure. Um, so the modality, so um, I am just completing, uh, just completed a, I guess it was about six month training um, around scar tissue remediation, and that focuses on postpartum care. So 87% of women uh, after birthing have some sort of uh, tear, which results in some sort of residual scar tissue, whether that's from a C-section or an episiotomy uh, or vaginal tears. And, um, you know, scar tissue uh, will impede the way the nerves communicate with each other, the way blood and lymph flow. So it's going to affect sensitivity. And I mean, there's so much around this topic, postpartum care and postpartum sexuality for women. Um, there's so many things that can happen, uh, through birthing. And one of the, uh, kind of time tested ways of restoring, uh, vaginal and sexual health after birth is vaginal steaming. It's still practiced in, I think, at least 26 cultures all around the world for hundreds of years. And it is uh, using different herbal um, herbs. Um, and people are just sitting on, a, on uh, having those herbs steam. So the steam has the effect of taking those herbal healing properties up the vaginal canal, up the cervix, into the uterus. Um, it does everything from clear out the uterus of, of any uh, residual uh, placenta, uh, it strength, it brings the uterus back to its original position, its shape, it tightens skin, it increases lubrication, um, it's disinfectant for any uh, stitches or, or tears after, after giving birth. It increases um, breast milk production, uh, it downregulates the nervous system. It just, it's, it's amazing how many healing effects uh, vaginal steaming has. And if you, if your period is not consistent, meaning if it's shorter than 28 days or more than 32 days, uh, longer than four days of bleeding, and if it's not fresh red menses, then vaginal steaming can regulate that. Um, just a shout out to steamychick.com. If you go there, there's so much information, education around this time-tested practice of vaginal steaming. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I'm learning so much about, because, you know, about maybe a third to half of my clients who are women um, are women who've given birth. And so if there are any residual scar tissues or displacement of the uterus or, you know, and anything that hasn't resolved, even, even postpartum, you know, um, uh, not having resolved, I just had a client who gave birth eight months ago and she had such a traumatic birth and she's been like in this hamster wheel, uh, just having given birth eight months ago and her body is still frozen from the, from the birth trauma. So, um, yeah, it's just, there needs to be much more awareness around how to support the mother because all the attention goes to the baby, rightly so, but there needs to be as much attention going to the mother after she goes through this incredible, you know, journey and experience. Yes. And I think even in places like France, they have specific uh, occupation where the woman is, goes to see a specialist in her public mm. floor rehabilitation. Yes. I mean, cultures around the world, like in Taiwan, next to the hospital, there is a postpartum center where the woman gets fed a certain diet to re-nourish what's been lost. Um, you know, and restore the pelvic bowl. Women need to be around other women, essentially. Um, I mean, that's the best medicine, uh, I think, for women in general, but especially in postpartum. But nutrition, uh, pelvic floor um, health, strengthening the pelvic floor muscles, which has been stretched out, the, 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 the tissues that have been thinned out. Um, and, you know, as you refer to making sure that your blood is really clean. So, um, I've been learning a lot about, um, you know, uh, liver cleanses, gallbladder flushes, essentially the organs that are responsible for cleaning the blood to make sure that the scar tissue is not, uh, doesn't proliferate in an environment, um, uh, that, that, that keeps it the way it is, but you know, with a clean blood flow, it can really resolve scar tissue, things like scar tissue much more readily and provide, you know, a lot more pleasure. I mean, the, the, the more blood flow to our genitalia, the more sensation in our tissues and the more pleasure. So it's all, it's all connected. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing about those. And Rahi, what else, I know there's so much to share, but what else would you like to share with our listeners um, as we, as we wrap up our time? Sure. So, um, uh, so I think for, um, what I want to really, really just impart is what we, what we talked about before, whatever your sexual journey was, whatever, whatever path and sets of experiences and influences that shaped how you learned about sexuality. Um, if there's any part of it that you feel shameful or guilty or bad about, then please just bring that into the light. Just know that it's part of the human experience. The more we hold in and feel shameful, it's going to be stored in our body and it's going to show up in our sexual intimacy. So that's a big one. The other thing is there are very simple practices. If you're a woman, I would encourage you to uh, look into vaginal steaming to regulate your period, to clear out your uterus. Um, if, if your menses is not fresh red blood, if it's, if it's brown or even black, or if there's heavy bleeding, um, there's residual blood in your uterus that can be easily uh, resolved. So vaginal steaming, I'm a big fan of the jade egg practice and castor oil packs to facilitate and um, circulate the, the, the chi in your reproductive center. If you're a man, I really encourage you to get familiar with your prostate. 
Uh, I think prostate cancer is the number two killer now for men. There are easy ways to move the energy. Uh, there's something called the Aneros wand, which is a, a prostate uh, self-massager. I mean, forget pleasure just for health reasons. It will move stagnant uh, semen or stagnant blood flow in the area and keep your prostate healthy. Um, uh, and then there are foods, natural foods and natural herbs to make sure that your blood's clean, that your uh, sexual reproductive centers are vibrant. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to, I mean, you know, I would just encourage you to exercise your, exercise your wisdom and really honor your body and your sexual health. Mm, thank you, Rahi. I'm, I'm curious what sort of foods. <laughs> Well, for men, like things like maca, ginger, ginseng, I mean, you know, maca is, is, a, is a root. I think it's grown in, uh, I think a lot of it comes, at least the maca that I use is from Peru, um, South America. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just, just these natural foods. Like, you know, I mean, you know, to be uh, transparent, I mean, just some simple, because I like to ex experiment on myself, my own blood flow. Um, throwing a, tea, a, a teaspoon of maca in my morning shakes, I noticed a difference in my, in my erections when I'm sleeping at night. You know, the, the, I mean, now it's called peri, peri steaming rather than vaginal steaming. So men don't feel like they're a vaginal mm -hmm. steamer. So it's, it's perineum steaming. So, you know, the nights after I steam myself, you can bet like my, my, my erections are like I'm in high school. So there are these things. So oh, to your question for food, yeah, maca, ginseng. Um, I mean, these are two big ones. Um, there's a root and I can't pronounce it. It's called like uh, a, a ashwalanga uh, root. You can get it in pill form. Um, yeah, there, there are all these. Nat and it's interesting because every culture has kind of had its main thing. I mean, in Asia, it was ginseng. In South America, it's maca. Um, and there are African herbs. So. Um, you know, all it takes is like a Google search and you'll find things, but just as important, you need, we need to stop intaking those things that stagnate our blood flow and our chi, you know? And, um, I mean, we all know what those things are, you know, things in mm -hmm. excess. So, yeah. uh, it's a combination. Alcohol, sugar, yeah. Carbs. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, um, if there, if there are natural ways to replace your pharmaceutical medications with herbs and food, then please do that because, um, you know, we're, you know, to put toxins in your body, it's no surprise that your body's going to respond in, 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 in unnatural ways. Yes. And we even have a product called Freya, which is mm. powder Chinese medicine powdered chinese medicine that's for women it's for them having improved cycles and also improved fertility so that link is just freyahealth.com and we can put that in the show notes along with rahi's website the books he's recommended and the steamy chips steamy chicks website as well yes. um rahi what brings you pleasure well, I am a touch fiend so I love human contact um whether, you know, I mean, I mean, when I'm making love, I, I just love human touch and I love sensation. So I love lingering in the stillness and witnessing the expansion of my senses. That's what gives me uh, pleasure. The other thing is I love seeing life force just bursting. 
And so, you know, whether it's just, you know, when I, I love children and when I see a child like full of joy, it's like their whole being is bursting with life force. And uh, what I feel so honored and privileged to witness with clients is when that shift happens, you know, either either cognitively in their self-care or in their bodies. Um, and I, I see that life force coming back, you know, the way it's organically designed, designed to do. Um, it just makes me really happy. Mm. <laughs> I love that. I love all the simple pleasures and the sensual pleasures. And Rahi, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time. I'm sure we'll have you on again to go even deeper into these subjects mm. and yeah thank you thank you again any last words uh honor your pleasure it's it's really it's that simple i mean kids know it you know honor your pleasure and honor <laughs> your joy let, let that be the guide you know your your guiding your guiding compass perfect Thank you, Rahi. It's been a joy. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time to get to know your body, your pleasure, and some of these new ways that you can enhance both of those. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for Healthy Love. Because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk. That's violetlang.com forward slash talk to sign up for a free Breakthrough to Love call. These are special deep dives only for women who are committed and ready for lasting love. If that's you, book your time now with me or my team.